You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I am your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all social media at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please, please, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. All previous 300-some-odd episodes are on uh, clockradiospeakers.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. You can also get those uh, those podcast episodes everywhere you get podcasts except for you know where and you know why. And before I flub over this intro for the 300th time, uh, we'll just introduce Doc. What's up, man? Oh, man. Uh, things are good. Uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. Uh, but like Armand said, just follow the show at CRS Podcast. No, man. Uh, you know, busy day in politics. I talked about it a little bit on the on the intro, um, the uh, the pre-show, I should say. Um, for our Patreon subscribers, shout out to them, uh, patreon.com slash CRS podcast. But, um, you know, I'm a political nerd. We're getting kind of close to, we might have to do it. Maybe not yet a politics episode, but we'll get there. Because 2020 is going to be wild. <laughs> 2020. Listen, was that you who said all of the rappers in their 2020 lines? Was that no, you I talked to no, about that? No, no, but um, yeah, who, whichever rapper is gearing up, they already have their 2020 bar set for next year. Just don't, don't even think about it. Don't do it. So you're saying we shouldn't call our collaborative project 2020 Vision? No, no. I would rather call it AO Technology Part Two <laughs> <laughs> because we did it and we weren't together. Technology. We could call it like the AIM, the AIM sessions. That's a little call, too, a little too deep. It, we could call it Direct Connect. <laughs> that sounds like a failed uh, 2002 MTV hip hop show. Who's hosting that? Tech? <laughs> probably, probably. I wonder, where is he at? Hold on, let's see if he's he's got to be on Instagram or something. Uh, all right. Well, what, uh, what's uh, what's, what's hood? What's <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so last week we uh, we did a definitive fifteen on Timberland, and we uh, we had some good we had some good questions coming from from our fine listeners on the uh, on the twitters. Mm-hmm. And we had one uh, one tweet in particular come in that had some that was asking some hypotheticals. Yeah. Um, basically, all chained to like you know what if Aaliyah doesn't you know doesn't pass mm-hmm. uh, in 2000, 2001, right? Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, right before I care for you dropped. Or right after, right. Um, I don't have the. I should. I should have done better at this and had the exact. I got it. Up in front. You got it. I got it. Yep. I got so, it. Okay. What's he asking? So this is uh, Will Morell, M A R E L L E. Okay. So he says Timberland is my goat producer. Aaliyah's death might be as big as Pac or Biggs. How would she hold up against Beyonce? Do we even get the Sierra run? When does she stop working with Tim? And would she ever do music with R Kelly again? Hmm. So let's start with how would she hold up against Beyonce? They are different kinds of artists. In theory. Okay. I would roll with that answer if Beyonce didn't shut down all the R&B artists in 2002, 2003, 2004. Did she? Because Sierra was plenty popular. Uh, Plenty. (laughs) I mean, that, I mean... That uh, that debut album of hers is um, kind of underrated in her catalog in a weird way. That thing had a lot of singles. Yeah, sure. She was successful. She was. 
She was, but there was just a lot of there was a lot of different pieces moving around during that time. And I don't even think was Beyonce even active during that time. Was that um was that um like Austin Powers era Beyonce? When did yeah. Work It Out come out? That's about right. Because that clip yeah, 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 yeah. Two thousand, two thousand one, it's right in that it's right in that time range. So no, because Sierra's first album comes out in oh five? Oh four? Yeah. I was thinking it was like oh four, oh five, right around the time I joined the military. Um, yeah, so Beyonce was kind of out of the way doing other stuff, and so she was able to sneak in there. But prior to, I mean, you had Ashanti, you had A. Marie, you had Kelly. Um, I'm sure I'm missing other people, but there were other black R&B uh, female artists who were flourishing and had country. I mean, people laugh at the fact, people laugh at, oh, Ashanti was never as big as Beyonce. Like, uh Ashanti was running things in 2002, 2003. She was Mur- she was Murder about to turn Inc. that corner. Was running things. They were, they and were. B- no disrespect to Ashanti, but like when the when the when the hit production went away, you know. What hit production went away? I mean, like when when she's not getting production from Seven and Irv and the and the crew that worked for Irv, that the the product the kind of production that was propelling Ja Rule to hit after hit after hit, like when that goes away. When that stops being the sound of the moment, when when Murder Inc. starts getting into legal troubles, like, you know, what's left for Ashani? Yeah, but you could say that. I mean, you could say that about Beyonce, right? You could say that about anybody. So I don't think Beyonce was really reliant on a particular sound or or producer or group in that way, right? I mean, it, it you know, taking back to Aaliyah, it would be it would wouldn't be that different from like if Aaliyah, you know, if in this alternate reality, Aaliyah is alive, but then you know, like you know, Timbaland and like Missy, Timbaland and Missy, like, you know, get caught up in an extortion scheme and they go to prison, you know, whatever, who cares, <laughs> right? But like, all of a sudden they're not around. Like, I don't know, like, we like, we, we all love Aaliyah, but like, it's not like Aaliyah, it's not like Aaliyah was known for really like dope records with other people. And I was going to say like, and I think that was why we discovered last week that Tim only had two records on I Care For You. I would like to know what songs? Three, right? Is it three? Two or three? Anyway, not that many. Maybe he did. He do more than a woman? Yes, he did. Okay, so that's three. So we need a resolution. More than a woman, and I care for you. Right. Um, what songs did Missy write on that on that album? I wonder if that was an intentional thing because I'm almost positive it was. Not necessarily because something was wrong, but I mean, I just feel like I wouldn't be surprised if Aaliyah was sort of taking steps to go pop taking steps to get other hands out of her pockets. We know the history of black ground and her father. Like, no, the, I'm the not... dif- yeah, the difference is um, almost everybody, like almost every song on there, aside from I care for, for you is written by static. Ooh, and static is signed to black ground, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Cause he wrote, we need a resolution. Mm-hmm. He wrote rock the boat. He wrote more than a woman. There are there's okay. some other people who get in there f- who are doing a little bit, but yeah, okay, it's, it's like two thirds to three quarters static. So I don't know. yeah, I don't, I don't, I think that I don't think they would have run into each other per se. I think that there would have been a point. It all depends on Aaliyah's next album, mm. you know, because Beyonce comes out the gate, she's got she's got the pop records already there, or like the pop records just. Her records just go pop. Um, but like, was Aaliyah strong enough to have um, like hit crossover records that 
on that next project and would they in which she had to have relied on uh missy and tim because one of my responses to another question we're going to ask is like some of these timberland records that go to other artists which ones would have ended up with Aaliyah? Hmm. you know what does she get does she get oops right i mean that's an interesting question you know so you know does she get anything from future sex does she get my love no i don't, I don't know think it's so. op- it's simple and open i could hear her on it because justin isn't you know singing his heart out on there yeah so it's possible okay uh yeah, so next- so the oh, producers on that on that third Aaliyah album aside from um uh, the Timbo stuff, it's all uh, what was becoming an in-house crew at Blackground. Okay. So, and uh, the one and only Jimmy Henchman worked, who was a friend of uh, of Leah's uncle. Oh, I bet. Put, put, put all those producers and writers together. Oh, okay. Aside from Static. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So then that goes to the next question. Do we even get the Sierra run? I it's think a, about oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was. I think about oh five. There's space for Sierra to exist. I think she definitely fulfilled like an Aaliyah void. But I think in oh five, Aaliyah puts out another album. Who knows what her sound would have been by then? I don't necessarily see Aaliyah doing like the type of records that Jazzy Faye and Sierra were doing. So they were like super duper up tempo, and Aaliyah kind of stayed in that that mid tempo, like that mid tempo and that slow groove. So, and Sierra's making dance, dance records. So it's very possible for Sierra to have existed and gotten a run. I don't know how deep that run would have went, um, but there's definitely country for it. Mm. What you think? I think it's, I mean, this is going to sound like kind of morbid or whatever, but like, maybe not morbid, but maybe people might think this is inappropriate. But like, I think, I think it's really hard to judge what happens when an artist passes before they've had a chance to fall. Right. Like it's the, it's the, I mean, it's the, it's definitely, it's the Tupac and Biggie question as well. Right. Like we never, we never saw Big make the dud. You know what I mean? Right. And like, you know, it's not like Aaliyah. I mean, Aaliyah has a side, she has that one R. Kelly album and then she has the, basically she has like two albums. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. she's got soundtrack cuts, but that's, that's part of the problem. Like that second album, like this third, I guess technically third album, the self titled album took a long time to come together. Because she was making movies and she was doing all this other stuff, which is like fine, of course. But like, um, you know, we don't have a lot to really judge her on. And so she becomes this like idolized and and, and really like sort of elevated persona because, you know, like, let's be honest, that that third Ali album, it's not like it's like full of like classics or hits, you know, it's got good. Wait, which one? Uh, the self-titled one, the one with more than a woman and need a resolution and rock. Uh, It's got, it's got great. It's got really good singles, but it's not like people are like, Oh, that's the one. I think rock the boat is the one. I think people, I think more than a woman. More than a woman's all right. It's fine. But I think, I think, (laughs) I think rock the boat is definitive and classic and timeless. I think so. I mean, it's, it's a, I'm reading right now. It was originally, um, oh no, not Rock the Boat. Yeah. I, I Care For You was, um, was originally for One in a Million. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's that slower 96, 97, Missy, sultry R&B sound. There's songs not that dissimilar from it on uh, Super Duper Fly. Yeah. 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 Missy and Tim would get in that bag. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, next question is, yeah. when did she stop working with Tim? Yeah, 
at some point you'd have to think that um either she has like a dispute with the label and like something happens or missy and tim like have a dispute with the label and something happens that like i feel like there was just too much drama like something's gonna go wrong mm. right like it's not like it was a, a beautiful setup and everything was fine you know what i mean like at some point, either Aaliyah wants to, like, break free and write her own stuff or whatever. Um, I mean, and who knows, right? Like, you know, Missy still has, you know, this is 2001. Missy still has plenty of runway, like, a couple more years in terms of making hits. But, like, you know, by 2004, 2005, it's not like people were going to Missy in that same way. So, like, does that strain the relationship? Like, that's part of the thing where it's, like, you never know. But, like, t- to me, history says, like, when you have talented creative people like there's that there's the initial spark everything's fine no one's worried about credits or money all that much just yet and then you blow up and people get super famous and especially when you've got family involved right because the president of blackground is Aaliyah's cousin but then like her uncle is her manager and there's drama like there would have been a problem at some point to mm-hmm. me it's just it's like it's a story you've seen in, in the music industry way too many times like how many actually this is a good this is a good question like what's the wh- what's the what's the uh, exception that proves what i'm saying is wrong like what's the story in hip-hop of this this crew of folks who are working together did a lot of great classic stuff initially blew up and everything stayed fine maybe they didn't always make those same classics because everybody you know has a you know everybody kind of plateaus or whatever but like there was no money problems there was no yelling there was no breakup none of that like that's just not all that common in hip-hop Disturbing the peace. <laughs> I was going to, the closest I was going to come maybe was thinking about, well, no, because Rick Rubin leaves Def Jam. I was going to say like, you know, Rick Rubin and L Cool J Beastie Boys, like they didn't ever like quote unquote break up. But actually I was like, no, no, actually Rick Rubin broke up with Def Jam. That's a terrible example. Mm. Um, like, you know, we've talked about in the show before, like it's not like Puff has a track record of people staying with him. Nobody stays with Puff. Right. Death Row blew up. Wu-Tang blew up. Rockefeller fell apart. What, what mm-hmm. like what's the there's just not a ton of that sort of situation right where there's like a crew of people and there's no official name for like you know not really i mean there's a couple like depending on which group of people you're talking about right there's like you know the basement crew and then there was you know whatever you want to call them but like this missy timbo Aaliyah, eventually static like that that nucleus of talent like i don't know Maybe it would have all worked out, but to me, like history says, something would have gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, heck, maybe it's eventually Static is like, no, I need to be the star. Yeah. You know how many how many hit singles can you write? Because he wrote, uh, he wrote the stuff I just said off that album, but he also wrote Try Again and he wrote, um, Are You That Somebody? Like, how many number ones do you need to write for somebody before <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, when do I yeah. get my, when do I get mine? Yeah. That's just human nature. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Sean Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sean Garrett, man. But then, like, you know who is recently we've talked about on the show? Your man, Young Berg, right? Talk about mm-hmm. talk about the the sort of exception to that particular thing. Although yeah. he has a, he has a single out as hit as hitmaker right now. Mm-hmm. But like, he was more than okay to like change his performing name to come back go like to totally like just do behind the scenes work be the producer be what be the writer not try to be a star again and sort of wait his turn like that's pretty rare 
you yeah. got to really swallow your pride. Like it, it's rare because like to be an artist, not always, a lot of the times, like if you're an artist who is comfortable enough to like go make big budget music videos and you want to get signed and you're doing shows and you're doing all that, there's a certain amount of ego that comes with that, right? But to be basically kind of like make fun of and become a punchline, be willing to like subvert your ego, reinvent yourself, put in the work and come back. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to literally convince um, other people to like it's okay to stand next to you, right? You know, Young Berg is like the laughing stock. So to go from the laughing stock to like, I need you to work with me because I, I mean, clearly I've been out of the loop. I didn't realize until recently just how many number ones the guy has now. Oh, it's re- it's crazy. Yeah, so that that's unprecedented. Hmm. Um, okay, last question. Would she ever do music with R. Kelly again? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have been surprised if they a- stepped. A- absolutely not. Absolutely not. To hear Dame talk about, I mean, in a, in a sense, actually, like, <laughs> Aaliyah passing, and then the way that Dame felt about Aaliyah, and then the way that Jay had no problem doing two albums with R. Kelly, in a small way, that contributed to their to the demise of Rockefeller, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I just can't. I mean, because like, actually, have R. Kelly and Timbaland ever worked on a project together? I feel like they have. Hold on, let me see. Good question. Oh man, don't ever Google R. Kelly Timbaland because it's it's just a lot of. Here's a here's video of Timbaland admitting he was in love with Aaliyah at 16 years old, and it's like, ugh, Timbo. All right. What about song? <laughs> Let's do that. R. Kelly Timbaland song. No. Right. Missy did, I think, one record. Yeah, Missy worked with everybody. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't consider Dame, and I didn't consider <laughs> Jay working with R. Kelly after Aaliyah passes. Really messed up, actually. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's pretty bad. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Not just working with him, like working with him enough that <laughs> you know, because I mean, they put out the two albums. They tried to do the tour infamously, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, Dame has talked about how I think he. He gave up whatever his like cut of those best of both worlds albums was. Oh wow! He was yeah he wanted yeah wanted <laughs> he was not happy with, about it. yeah he wanted nothing to do with it to do with the aura. Wow, but you know. All right. Anything else you want to say about that? No, um, no. But I appreciate the question. Like that's that's those are good questions. Like we had, yeah. we, um we did a uh, and actually if you are not a Patreon subscriber. Uh, we did an, an incredible, and I'm patting ourselves on the back, uh, Barry Horowitz style here, but um, we did an incredible uh, for Patreon listeners only um, Q&A session where we ran down a lot of, of hip-hop what-ifs. So if you like that kind of stuff, like, and if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you should you should check it out. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Those what-ifs were fantastic. Yeah. All right. Um what else? Um, so last week we talked a bit about the Apple event. This week, um, obviously, because I'm a sucker for new equipment, I am a proud owner of a new iPhone 11 Pro. Uh, Marissa ha- also has an iPhone 11 Pro and a uh, new Apple Watch. It was a it was a busy day in the uh, the underscore Beats household. So, so now you are uh, your three lens doc. This camera bump is obnoxiously big. It's so big that after a while, you're just like, all right, I guess I kind of respect it. Like, they're just not even trying to hide it or minimize it. They're just like, no, here's the deal. 
all you people do is take photos with your cameras. Uh, photos with your cameras. All you do people do is take photos with your with your with your phones. So we're just gonna strap three big old lenses to the back of it. <laughs> Good luck. But I thought it wasn't. I thought the bump wasn't that crazy. It takes. It's up, crazy. It's not like crazy in terms of thickness, but like it's a sizable. Trying to figure out like how how big would I describe it as? It's like I'm trying to think of a good example. It's bigger than an MPC pad. <laughs> hmm. It's good sized. Okay. It's a healthy amount. <laughs> but photos are great, like as you would hope. Um, so yeah, so far so good. Uh, we uh, we 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 ran it through some stress tests uh, this past weekend because we uh, went to go see Lizzo live. Okay, you went to go see H to the Lizzo. H to the Lizzo. Um, that was an. Let me tell you, like after, like previous, like my the concert we saw before then was Tyler, and the difference between Tyler Live and Lizzo Live is like it's. It was really like it was ama- it was it was immense and amazing. Like uh, they're both really good live performers, but this is gonna sound super obvious, but like there is a real difference between the aggressive energy, the aggressive like male energy. That comes from not just Tyler, but his fans as well, right? They want to mosh, they want to jump, like there's yell, like it is, it is a vibe, right? Mm. As the kids say. But then, like Lizzo, it is so overwhelmingly like full of feminist energy, and like I was absolutely, absolutely in the minority at the show, like in every <laughs> possible way, and it was fine. In fact, there was no line for the restroom, which was amazing. <laughs> there was a huge line for all of the women's restrooms, as you probably would guess. Mm. Um, there was a lot of like girls' night out kind of situations going on at, at the Lizzo show. Mm. Um, but uh, but she, you know, I tell you, like, I we did we officially review her album? Or just, yeah, we did. We 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 did a track by track on her album. I think. Yep. Her album is. You know, I kind of I kind of compared to Miss to Missy, which is an obvious comparison to make. And I, to me, like after seeing her live, like I think Missy had to like Missy had to like crawl and walk so folks like Lizzo could run, mm-hmm. because like what Lizzo gets to do is like she doesn't have to break ground as being a plus sized woman of color who wants to talk about her sexuality because Missy did that, mm-hmm. so she doesn't have to be the first to do that, and instead. Also, this has just has to do with like how music has evolved in the 20 plus years since Missy came out. Like her album is a pop album. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be a pop album made by a woman of color who raps and sings. And the production is all obviously super hip hop influenced, but it's also like very clearly like well done pop songs. Like the songwriting, the structure, like, you know. It's just a, it's just really well done music. Like it's not always like stuff I'm going to listen to, but like there's a reason why she's blowing up, you know. Yeah. And there's a real there's a real like it's an interesting like gap in the like a, an opera not a gap's the wrong word. It's an interesting like hole in the market that has not really been super well filled, right? By 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 a by a woman who kind of is straddling that line between hip hop, rap, and pop. Because mm-hmm. Missy. Her songs would go, her songs could blow up, but she wasn't what I would call pop, really. You know what I mean? Missy yeah. was very clearly in hip hop and R and B. Yes, but like I think it's kind of fascinating that like Lizzo has the number one song in the country now for for multiple weeks. She's clearly like one of the 
breakout artists of the year. She's an, to me an early favorite to win best new artist for next year, which of course is funny because it's not like Lizzo is brand new, but that's the way the, the Grammys work, right? But she, to me, she's an early favorite for that. But like, is anybody recruiting her for like features on hip hop or R&B songs or like, there's none of that, right? No. Like Megan Thee Stallion gets guest appearances. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm actually, it's actually kind of surprising that like they haven't tried to like Lizzo and her team or, or Megan Thee Stallion, whatever, like they haven't reached out to each other to try to make something happen there. But like, I don't really see people reach, reaching out to Lizzo in that way yet. And maybe it's because people see her more as like pop and not really in the other side. But I don't know. Maybe it also, maybe it also just so. takes a while. Yeah. You think that's why? Yeah, I would say so. I would say she's in a, cause I mean, uh, the baby did something on, he did the Truth Hurts re- remix, right? Yeah. Okay, so you'll see that side, and you'll see, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Lizzo and Megan did a record, but would I see Megan and Lizzo do a record, if that makes sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, wh- you know, like, like, right, whose lane are they in? Yes, like, they're clearly going to go into Megan's lane because it's much easier for, I want to say much easier, but it's just kind of different. Like, it's like a, it's like when Ariana Grande sings on a 2 Chains record. Like, it kind of... It, ha- it can only work with a certain type of artist. Mm. I feel like Lizzo is that type of artist where they could do it, but it probably just would have to make sense. And Megan's probably just, Megan and the baby are snatching up all the, all the feature money. <laughs> They've got a monopoly on it. Right. You know, or Lizzo just is surprised by this level of success and her team, you know, wasn't completely prepared for it. And right now they're just, they're trying to get this tour out the way and figure out, well, what the heck do we do after this? How do we follow up this momentum? Because this was a slow burn. Mm, for sure. For sure. Um, her merch, again, the merch conversation, like her merch was well done. Um, the lines were crazy for it. They must have sold. Oh, man. The, the merch, the way that they do merch at Radio City, like they're really smart about it. Like they've got like, I feel like honestly, like the ground level, like the main, like sort of, I guess the the entry area, like where everybody is before you like go upstairs or into the actual theater itself. Most of it's devoted to merch. Which is which is kind of kind of crazy. She was selling CDs. Oh wow! No vinyl though. No vinyl. CDs. It's expensive. I know it's. I mean, you. Th- I mean, at this point, right? Lizzo's crew could. I'm sure she can afford to press up some vinyl. Yeah. But no. Um. You know, she uh she puts on she puts on a on a really good show. Um. It was definitely very clearly like, you know, like going to Tyler. Like Marissa knows Tyler music, some of Tyler's music, but like that show was for me. And this was the this was the reverse. Like I know Lizzo's music, but like the show was for Marissa. <laughs> mm. Of course. But uh but uh but no, I mean, um yeah, I just I don't know. I'm not saying it's gonna be like I don't think it, I'm not suggesting it's necessarily gonna be like a, a top ten album for me or whatever, but like later on this year I wanna revisit that Lizzo album because like I don't know. Like I said, I just feel like it's like really well put together like pop music. Mm-hmm. Which Sometimes we don't hear a lot of like traditional pop music structures in hip hop anymore, right? Everyone's going to like, everyone experiments with like super short like songs or like songs that are mainly mostly like a hook. Like the, the idea of like, no, we're going to like, oh, we've got like the hook, the verse, the hook, the verse, the bridge, the hook, like that tra- very traditional like structure. She has a lot of that. Hmm. There's something about hmm. it. So anyway, yeah. Uh, that was Lizzo. Okay. So Armand, shout, shout to Lizzo. You you are also out there in the streets. I was in the streets yeah. with the with the youths. 
with the youths, my guy. Yeah, so I saw Tyler like a week and a half, two weeks ago, and you saw Tyler mm-hmm. on Sunday. I talked about my experience. I definitely want to hear about your experience. So tell me, tell me about the Tyler show. Remind me what your overall take was on his show. Sure. Before I get um, into mine, I I thought he had a fantastic stage presence. Um, I thought that he definitely had. Like I was really surprised at how many, you know. <laughs> Artists have this trope where they always want to talk about, like, uh, on stage where they want to ask, like, you know, do they have any day one fans in the in the building? And, of course, everybody yeah. screams even if they're not a day one because, you know, we're all monkeys. Like, you tell me to scream, I'll scream, woo! You know, that's that sort of thing. Um, yeah. It, there truly were a lot of, like, folks who were like, oh, my God, he's playing she. No, you know, he's playing, you know, uh, he's, yeah. play, he's playing records from, like, 2011. And they knew every word, right? Yep. Um, yeah, he called those people out at my show. He was like, yo, there's 14-year-olds <laughs> right, screaming right now. Right, right. Um, so I thought, I guess my, my I, thought he, I thought he put on, on a really good show. My critique of it was really that um, I thought that the, the Igor stuff was the strongest stuff. I didn't really, I almost felt like he doesn't know, he, either he doesn't know or he doesn't want to like really modulate his voice on stage. Like he's got one speed most of the time on stage, especially as the, as the, the set went on, which was loud and aggressive. And then, so the way his set goes is he's got Igor stuff at the beginning, then he's got more aggressive stuff in the middle. And then he kind of ends a little bit on the softer side. Mm-hmm. But by then his voice is kind of ragged mm-hmm. and like, he just really couldn't pull off the singing in the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So aside from that, though, I mean, his stage presence was crazy. And it was so crazy that I couldn't quite tell, like, is he really that good on stage? Or are these fans so deep in the Kool-Aid that, like, and maybe it's both. But, like, there was a real connection there. That was, like, it was something to watch. His confidence came from standing. His confidence came from knowing that his audience is deep in the pool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he knows he can do anything. Yep. Yep. Cause it's, it's really, I've had a lot of conversations with people about Tyler who were like, you know, I thought you were, I thought you were tripping. I didn't get it. I thought he was still rapping about worshiping the devil, you know, and like, he's clearly not that person anymore. No. And if he, and if he is, he's just not putting it into his music. Um, because when you go back and you watch that, I went back and watched a whole bunch of like just old random odd future wolf era stuff which is when i really got into tyler yeah yeah. and he was still like the awkward kid in the supreme hoodie who liked to skate and was really shy like he is not that person anymore um yeah no it's super clear when you listen to his older stuff that like he took a real leap on cherry bomb yep which which fascinated me that he did not like touch cherry bomb with a 10-foot pole on the set i know i know like, what was also go ahead no i was gonna say i was thinking i was like man like as he like <laughs> i'm not saying this is the reason why like it's kind of weird like it was kind i mean it was it was it was almost purposely weird and creepy at the time but like is he really ever gonna do forever young in concert dude that video is not on his youtube channel yeah i mean <laughs> this just doesn't work you can't do it in this and environment, it, yeah. and it stinks because it's like musically, it's a, it's fantastic. It's a great song. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, it's a great song. But it's like I don't know. I don't, when I hear that song, I don't think of like pedophile. I think of like 
I'm in my mid twenties and you're like 19. Yeah, the problem is like he lays out the math a little too precisely in the song, and you can subtract. Yeah. You could subtract and realize that she's like 17, which is mm. why it's called, you know, effing perfect. But you're too young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. too. It's the. It's why it's too young. I mean, at least he's saying it's too young, but still. Still. Yeah, still. Yeah, yeah. But no, he didn't do any. I know he didn't do anything. Oh man, like you know yeah. what I would have killed for two seater live. Oh. Yeah, but he's not gonna. He's not gonna do that. He's not gonna do smuckers. Like you can tell, there are different types of records that go for this particular crowd of people. So we would have liked two seater. We would have liked smuckers, but like it just like even um, not Buffalo. What's the intro? What's the intro called? That sounds like super nerd. Like oh, that's not gonna. Yeah, that's he's not. not gonna he's go. not gonna do find your wings. He's not gonna do. Yeah, nah, that's not. That's that's not gonna go. So let me let me rewind back and let me go. No, I'll do Tyler first, and I'll go back and talk about Gold Link and Jaden. Um, I agree with you. You know who I saw in Tyler's show? I saw so much Kanye. Oh, yeah. in Tyler's show, it was ridiculous. Yeah, from the beginning, just seeing Kanye twice. And Kanye gets these tips from Jay and from Michael Jackson. So, but Kanye isn't as reserved and like into himself as Jay was. Um, and he was able to utilize the stage in his own unique way like Michael would. So Jay is somebody who, when you watch him perform, he just stands on one part of the stage and he just walks around and raps. And he lets the fact that he's got all these smash singles and he's such a, a great communicator. He lets his music or he lets the words basically move around the stage for him. Yeah. Um, other artists that were on this bill have to move around a little bit because the words ain't doing it or the other One, things two, aren't doing it like three, that. Four. Yeah. And so Tyler, I mean, even the way he comes out on stage, how he just walks out on the long, awkward... The long, awkward Igor intro, which now you hear it and you're like, yeah, you completely made this album because you knew you were going to tour. You saw the tour in your head. Mm. So even coming out to that, um, the long, the anticipation of, oh my God. I mean, keeping between Jaden and Tyler's set was maybe a half hour. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it was it was a lot longer than Gold Link and Jaden. Gold Link and Jaden were maybe like fifteen minutes. Yeah. So it's double that time. The sun is down. People are getting kind of antsy. They're chanting for Igor a little bit, and then when that record comes out and they sing, oh my god! Like he knew, he's like, yeah, this is gonna go. So he's during that whole song, at least the first two and a half minutes of it, he's not moving. The crowd is jumping. The crowd is singing along. The fact that he's like, I'm, I'm actually here. Like he's letting that tell the story versus I got to move around and jump around. He does that after they bring the song back or whatever. Um, yeah, like Tyler, his transitions were really good. Yep. Um, the one thing that I did like about him is he he utilized his connection with those fans that are in the pool. Mm. So when he's talking... Like, he's not like, all right, y'all, make some noise. He's not doing any of the rapper stuff. He's like, yo, y'all good? All right, cool. He's like, I want to, you know, and like you said, to your point, we got any day one odd future fans in here? He's like, yo, um, I know you guys want to hear some old stuff. So is it cool if I perform some old stuff? And everybody's like, yes. Right. Like, it was engaging. It was like, 
and then he's cracking jokes. The mics were the mics were giving him a little bit of feedback at certain parts, and he's kind of like snapping on the on the audio guy. He's cracking jokes about being in Columbus and going to Upper Arlington, which is like a very affluent area, but you know, just talking about how they're like sections of Columbus that have poor white people. Like his his ability to engage the audience in between songs was really, 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 really good. Um and just to sum it up, because I don't want to stay here forever, like Kanye, both of Kanye's sets were phenomenal, best concerts I've ever been to. Common performing with the orchestra was really, really good and understated of how good it was. But Tyler, to me, for this show, like I'm all in. Like yeah. he he did it for me with this show. Like you can't. We all we talked we've talked about this at length. Like yo. If he ever turns the corner and he figures it out, he's going to be this, this, and this. Oh, that corner's turned. That that corner has been turned. Like, he's... Sort of. To me, he's in that... He is in that upper echelon. When you talk about from 2010 to 2020, you cannot not include Tyler in that conversation. You can't. He's He's got... He's got... In my eyes, he's got a couple more corners to turn, but he's right there. So the... Music musically, um, I'm curious if he, like what we heard on Igor. I guess what I'm like, I'm super curious if he's going to sort of stay in this NERD inspired box, or if he, or how he's going to edge out of that on his next album a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna hold him to the highest of high high standards. Like that means he needs to like keep moving and evolving. Um, I think he really. I think. I really like the stage show, but I think it'd be super interesting to see what he did when he knew he was, he needed to fill out like when he needed to like have a show that blew out like a big arena. He totally, that was the other thing. I really thought he undershot. He could have filled up Schottenstein. Yeah. I know I, he sold out of that show in a day. Schottenstein is where Kanye performed at. That yeah. holds about yeah. 10 to 12. Yeah. He could have, he could have filled up a, a good chunk of that. Yeah. Without no, question. Right. I mean, they they sold out super fast in Boston. Um, the arena I was at held like seven or eight. He, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised. They, I mean, they could have gone for the Garden, uh, Boston Garden, which holds like 17, 18. I mean, maybe they don't get there, but I don't know. Um, there's a lot of college kids <laughs> in Boston, right? Like, I feel like maybe they could have done that. Um, and the other thing is, like, actually has to do with his with his singing voice. Like, you know, if he's going to sing... I think it still can get stronger. There's there's precedent for that, right? Kanye got better, and then maybe he's regressed. But like Kanye got better, Drake got better, and then he sort of plateaued. I think he still has another move he could make there. But like these are all good problems to have. You know what I mean? Like he's very clearly like at that upper echelon. Like, but I still think he actually could get better. He's not done yet. Oh no no no, he's he he's reached that echelon, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean peak. Right. right he's right, just right. turned he's turned that corner where he's like. Drake, Cole, Kendrick, like those guys, Tyler's in that conversation for this generation, 100%. I mean, this is going to be, boy, am I ready to say this? Compare him with Kendrick. (laughs) I know all all of the hippity hop fans listening to this show right now are just like, they're yelling at me because Tyler is not the lyricist that Kendrick is. But like, discography uh, it's an interesting conversation we'll see 
listen. Good, good Kid, Mad City is better than anything in Tyler's catalog, but that's correct. I don't know. His catalog's pretty consistent, and honestly, like Tyler's live show is way better than Kendrick's live show. Not even close. Kendrick doesn't have a rapidly rap verse better than uh, uh, what the f right now. Oh, that's interesting. Except maybe his BT cipher verse, like a, a straight up hip hop cipher verse. If we're just talking about best rapper, mm. any of the none of those guys have a verse better than that. None of them. That verse is amazing. He destroyed that Kanye record. I played it again yesterday. Just like, man. What's the other yeah. record he did for that? Was it had had in studio footage from like last year or the year before? Uh, he did. He released a bunch of Lucy's right before Igor, but yeah. then he did have the um, he did have the potato sack salad record with ASAP, where they rapped over uh, Monica Knock Knock. No, not that one. Hold up. Is it under probably under like EP? Yeah, singles and EPs. Potato salad. No, not Peach Fuzz. Oh, four thirty-five. Oh. oh. 435 is ridiculous. Oh yeah, that was your joint. That's, that's ridiculous. On, that's on streaming services now. It is. I know. I'm looking at Apple Music right now. Oh, he did. He did Okra Live, I think, at my show. He did. Yep. Yeah. 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 Nah. He's nah. Tyler's Tyler's there. Tyler's there for me. He's there. And I'm and I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I always like artists who, you know, somebody else we're gonna talk about later on is like sometimes you find your pocket and you yeah. stay there and that works for you and there's nothing wrong with that because you know we talk about how. You know, Jay or Big kind of ruined a lot of hip hop for like a long period of time where people felt like they had to cover all these different bases. Right. And like, well, not necessarily. If you're just going to get into one pocket, if you're going to be the club guy, make a bunch of club records. If you're the girl guy, like if you're Wale, make all the girl records in the world, you know. But Tyler is just like so creative and he knows how to um, get that creativity out. Um, yeah. Oh, man. So Apple Music has, um, is this video or is this? Uh, you talking about the Ego, the Ego yeah. show, oh, wow. show that he I did? I didn't realize that they had a uh, video for that. Yeah, that came out on YouTube like the day after the album came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Interesting. Been out for a minute. No, I know. Yeah. I didn't realize, like I knew it was on YouTube, but I didn't realize that you could just like get that in, on Apple Music and streaming service. Okay. So if you are, uh, if you subscribe to Apple Music and you are interested in getting snippets you can check it out or honestly just go on YouTube, but like, um, but like, yeah, Earthquake Live was great. Um, 911 was really dope live. Yeah, 911 was good. Um, oh, what's the name of that song? I'm going to be mad. Hold My up. favorite song. I mean, it was good to hear Boredom, but of course, like, kid, you oh, were uh, trying to hear The way that I think opens is crazy. <sighs> oh my God. That was my favorite part of the show. It was nuts. It was it was yeah. it was great, and uh, I had to explain to Marissa. I think I said this in the show before. She was like, "What is this obsession with number four? And I was like, "All right, so first you have to be you have to you have to like you have to think about the signature Pharrell four count, mm-hmm. and then you have to realize that Tyler is a nerd and an obs- in a huge stand of Pharrells, and so like he's sneaking in references to the Pharrell four count everywhere." You know, I didn't realize until the show that on the Igor intro, yeah. that one sample is uh, Andre 3000 on Hey Ya. Mm. I'm super, I'm super late on that. Yeah, I was like, wait, is that? That's his one, two, three, uh. Yep. Yeah, See You Again was good live. Yeah, the transition from boredom to running out of town, uh, running out of time was nuts. New Magic Wand was nuts. Marissa was uh, like not a fan of that. <laughs> Oh, 
so which uh which song had the um had the uh the kids moshing the most i think i think in uh tamale oh the, the kids went crazy for tamale oh he did tamale at your show yeah he didn't do tamale at my show oh yeah he did tamale yep um the kids no. went crazy for tamale. he did uh he did when he did who that boy yeah yeah the they kids kind of went, went for who that boy they, yeah. they went pretty crazy like you could see like because there was um you know <laughs> they would get like the big circle and you could see them like prepping yep so that they could you know so they could jump up and down um, yeah gold link was d- doing that a lot like, oh yeah people. i mean well and that, and, 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 that I was mean, the other that's jaden's whole gimmick yeah jade uh, jaden well here's the thing here's the thing here's yeah. what so i have uh, a friend who had a teenage daughter who went so she texts me and says hey my you know my daughter's gonna be there if you see her you know just keep an eye on her for me just make sure she's she's safe whatever whatever all right cool I didn't see her, so I texted when I got home, like, hey, didn't, didn't see your daughter. Is everything, she get home okay? She's like, yeah, she got home fine. And then she's asking me, like, you know, how the show went. And I was like, well, you know, Tyler was great. I was like, I wasn't really crazy about Jaden's set. You know, he was, the bass was really loud. I, I think I'm just so old. Loud. It was so loud. Bass was super loud. He was not clear. I mean, that was the other thing. Tyler clearly has his own mic because he was way clearer than everybody else. Very true. Which at at this stage in your career, you should have your own equipment. Yeah. Um, I couldn't hear Jaden. A lot of the music started to like sound the same after a while. <laughs> I did like I did like hearing Icon live. Icon's a really dope record. Um, but her daughter was like, "Yo, his set changed my life." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, seventeen. All right, that's about where I expect that to be at." Okay, cool. So clearly, Jaden is just not for us he's for the youth yeah marissa was not impressed with Jaden. <laughs> yeah nah he and he was like a little too long he was about 15 20 minutes too long yeah they gave he, he had a long set he had a really long set yeah i, I honestly i'll be like you know you could have cut two or three songs from that and just given that to to tyler that's fine yeah give, give me give, he could have had he could have you know give me two or three songs from um uh, from uh, either Flower Cherry. Boy or uh, or Cherry Bomb album, that's fine. Go for it. You let's talk about Gold Link for a second. <laughs> the man knows the song that people want to hear. He opens the set with Crew. As yeah. as my girlfriend and I are walking in. All right, y'all. One, two, three. Let's see. All right, cool. So we find our we find our place. Another thing, like it was all general admission. Never again. I'm popping for seats. Got to get the seats, man. Yeah. Popping for seats. Like we found somewhere to sit at, but it rained all week. It was grass, but it rained all weekend. So we we had to find like a, like a piece of um, uh, cement and just kind of like stay there the whole night. So we didn't sit on wet grass. Yeah. yeah, No, no, no. Seats from here on out. Um, So Goling set, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, He was a pretty good live opener, you know, of course, some of the records get redundant after a while. You Say is Fire. Um, he had a couple other songs that were actually really dope. I need to go back and listen to his album again. But, like, he was prepping the stage for the kids to mosh. Clearly, it was um, in wrestling what they call the hot opener, mm. which is where, you know, back in the WCW days, you know, like the cruiserweights would go on first. It'd be like Rey Mysterio against Juventud Guerrero. Right, they're all flying around. Yeah, so the crowd's like, whoa. That's 
some of like preparing the crowd was ready for that yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. all the moshing was crazy but here's the thing and i told my daughter this because my daughter was upset because she didn't go to the show but that's what happens when you don't live with dad <laughs> you don't get to go see Tyler the creator i'm never going in a mosh pit no kids were like taking off their shoes throwing their shoes in the air throwing their shoes into different parts of the crowd hitting people uh people were getting like hit with all types of just random stuff and no no and gold link was kind of like amping that up a little bit which i mean you know you're an artist whatever whatever but like you know it's it's kids so kids sometimes don't know when to like chill so that was the biggest takeaway. Golding had some cool records. I preferred his set to Jaden's, um, and he count he counted a lot too. <laughs> Lots of counting. One, two, three, four. Yeah. One, two, one, two, three. Okay. All right. Sure. Cool story, bro. I mean, I'm so. looking forward to you know a little mosh pit at the next Armand Wake Up Show. Man, please. I there's the funny thing. Turn up records for kids. I was gonna say, yo, my girl leans over to me and she's like, she's like, baby, wouldn't hurt you to have a couple of these. And I was ah! like, Doc said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. It did though. I mean, God, the thing about Tyler that I love so much was like, there's such a meticulousness to his music and like he overthinks it, but it doesn't sound like he's overthinking it. And he clearly writes. He's learned how to transition from being the rapidy rapper, which you hear a lot on like Wolf and Cherry Bomb. Like now his raps are just part of the music, which was definitely, that definitely happened on Flower Boy. Um, it was a better balance on Igor. But like he's learned when to rap, when to stop, mm. when to rely on cadence, when this part of the song has to be said because it's important to the story. Like he has learned all of those things. And it, it, it was really admirable. And it was like, man, like I gotta like I gotta figure this out before the sun sets. I gotta figure this out. Cause it would just be fun to have. Like I'm sure, like, you know, I'm sure that's I'm sure those records, though they get like, you know, repetitive after a while for him because he does them hundreds of times. But like right, right. those records are probably fun to perform. So not the same mine aren't, but I mean, you know, I'm saying nine fifteen, you know, that nine. That could work. Yeah. <laughs> don't show too much enthusiasm. I know. I'm just, I don't know. You don't want to do a turnip record. No, it's not that. I just have to, no, it's not that. Okay. It's not that. I just got to figure some, I got to figure some stuff out. <laughs> I got to figure some stuff out. I got to finish dang on snooze button and I got to get all this other stuff. There's so many things that I have to do. So I don't know. Well, especially because, uh, you know, you're out there doing the, the, the model and ministry. Your man DMX is in GQ doing the model and ministry. Model yes, ministry is. Is, is moving. It's moving. We get more members, man. We get more members. Um, yeah. That, that's 100% going to be me in about 15 years. <laughs> 15, 20 years. D, is DMX 50? He's close. He's upper 40s, I think. He, um, I really enjoy reading that, that GQ article. So um, he's back on Def Jam, huh? He's back on Def Jam. That's yep. interesting. Very, very. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I wonder how much of that is basically them assuming. Yeah, you know, sure. Release album on Def Jam. 
we, you know, let's just make sure we're getting a cut when we inevitably send you on tour. Yeah, and that kind of makes me mad that I did not uh, go see his tour this summer because it was all, I didn't hear one bad thing about it. Hmm. Was it all uh, like just old stuff, I'm guessing? It was a uh, 20th anniversary of his Dark and Hell is Hot. Oh, right, 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 right. So he does that, and I'm sure he does the hits. Well, you know, I mean, he'll have the 20th anniversary of the Great Depression coming up soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I do not want to hear You Can Be Blind. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, that was really interesting. It makes me not want to go to jail because clearly, clearly, clearly jail impacts you in several different ways, psychologically being one of those ways. But yeah. I'm glad that he's out and he seems to uh, be very clear-headed and focused. That was really good to to, to to read. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like he's just in a really good place. And I just, you know, I hope that... Um you know, I feel like we've talked about talked about this in the show. Like, I feel like hip hop is big enough now, where like whatever new music he wants to come out with, it he doesn't need to try to appeal to the youths. Yeah, I mean, he talked about that on the interview, right? A little bit, yeah. Like I, you know, I feel like if an artist like him comes back like ten years ago, you know, you're gonna get like, oh, well, I gotta have this record, I gotta this producer, and I feel like now it's big enough, and streaming has changed everything. So like, no. I'm not saying he's got to do just like a, oh, let me give it the, the the Casio keyboard sound. Like I'm not saying it's got to be that, but like, you know, he can work. He can work in the space that he needs to work in. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, is uh, there's not like an album coming anytime soon, right? Yeah. He said he's working on it. He said in an article. I mean, he's working on it, but you know, sorry. I think. Do you so. know how many times I've heard rappers say they're working on an album? I mean, I think he comes out with an album before the summer. Before next summer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say, "Oh, I think he comes out with something before the end of the year." I was gonna be like, "Really?" Well, I mean, he's got to do something. I mean, you get a GQ spread just to Whoa, tell people yeah. you're working. I was gonna say, if he's got anything in the stash with Swiss, just <laughs> go. No, it's gotta be. It's gotta be good. It's still gotta be good. Whoa. It's gotta be good. Like, oh, he's back. Like, it's gotta be that. I mean, I don't know. It hasn't stopped other you know classic uh, classic rap rappers or rap groups from putting out uninspiring songs this past week who did that let's talk about your man j cole on a gangstar record too soon did i go too deep too deep for the intro you all right there oh that was that that transition was harsh oh my god all right go ahead it's not a good song yo that's that's my review it's not good (sighs) I like the beat. The beat is not good. That's the problem. Uh, no, that's not the problem. I mean, that's problem one. No, that's not, the biggest problem is the first Guru verse is cool. Yeah, but it's clearly like it's a throw. It's a throwaway. Like, okay, we did this record. It it wasn't good enough to make the album. Right, 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 right. Um, so the first verse is cool. Cole's verse, like, I feel where he's trying to go, but I almost feel like he was. All right, this is DJ Premier, this is Gangstar. Like, it just feels like I put a lot of pressure on myself and I yes. overthought this. Yes. Um, feels overthought. And then the second verse from Guru is just not needed. It's just, it's not needed. But the beat, like the melody gets stuck in my head every time I hear it and it grew on me. First time I was like, ah, eh, it's cool. But after about the third or fourth listen, I, I enjoyed it. Now, the drum, the, <laughs> ironic for a J. Cole feature on a Gangstar record. Uh, I don't know what Primo has done with his drums, but these drums are trash. Um, <sighs> 
And uh, the beat is, uh, it's boring. I have high expectations for Primo and this is not it. Oh so, God. that's my review. <laughs> Yikes. I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, I get it. Like, it's not, it's not 97, right? Primo's not in that space, but like, I don't know. You know what it is? To me, not always, but like most of Primo's best work, there was like an urgency to it. Mm -hmm. There is zero energy and urgency from this beat. Hmm. So, <laughs> sorry, I cut away way too quick. Was there anything else you want to say about DMX? <laughs> no, that's no, you got it. <laughs> uh, please send all feedback to at doc underscore beats s not a c. So uh, when is this? Have they announced a release date for this uh, Gangstar album? They have not. Okay. I'm a little. Uh, I don't know. Like I get it. Like you know, you got a feature with J Cole. Okay, it's kind of interesting. Um, but it's like what you said about DMX. Like it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I hope this isn't like their. Well, this is the song we're going to put out to get everyone's attention. I'm a little afraid. I'm a little afraid here. No. If anything, this is the, oh, wait, there's a new Gangstar album coming? Sure. Oh, they got J. Cole on it? J. Cole on a primo beat? And it's J. Cole's last feature? There's other things that, that carry this song. Oh, so and let's talk about this last feature thing. Oh, my God. Here you go. No, I'm, what? What? Here you go. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm asking you. I mean, what is it? So what, for those who don't know, like, so J. Cole's announced, like, He's not doing features anymore. Ar Armand, what is, like, do you, do you know, like, is there, like, a, what, what is, what is the idea here? What? <laughs> like, what why, mean, like, I, I mean, like, why, like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing what? Why is he, first of all, stopping features, but then secondly, like, announcing he's not doing features anymore? Because features were such, the feature for J. Cole was like the, um, uh, oh, what was his name from Dreamgirls? Eddie Murphy. What was his role? Jimmy Gasol? Oh, yeah. He was that guy. So, like, this is a guy who kind of needs to, like, make a point, make a statement. Maybe he's not washed like Jimmy was, but I'm, I, I need to do these things to make a point. And, you know, there, we were not the only people who were saying he needs to go in different production, he needs to shake it up. Maybe he was just feeling not inspired and he wanted to just try some other things to stretch himself as a writer and as an MC. And so he gets on these features and maybe they become a thing and then they take off. You know, he gets some hit records out of them and it becomes a thing, like similar to, um, I forgot. I feel like somebody else had like a feature run for a while, but um, yeah, I think mission accomplished. I don't need another feature from J. Cole. You don't want to Lil Wayne yourself. You know, Wayne, Wayne gives features to anybody and they're good features, but it doesn't have the, whoa, you got Wayne? I don't know. I guess. I mean, for me, like, it's like, first of all, like, this has been a year where you've been renowned for, like, having really good features. But also, I don't know, the idea of, I'm so skeptical when it's like, this is my last, thing. like, the way that the skepticism that you treated Mickey, uh, Nicki Minaj's retirement on the last episode, that is me treating this. It's like, all right. Oh, my God. Why are you announcing this? Because <sighs> it's a thing, Doc. It's a thing. It's a thing. And if you want to stop doing it, just stop doing it. It's nah, fine. because it gives it more credence when you bring it back. 
It gives it more. Pre- it gives it. Well, not even when you That's bring it back. That's the problem. It, well, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You give. It gives more credence because now people can say it's a yo. When J Cole gets on a record, because now we talk about feature artists, we think about like Andre three thousand, Lil Wayne. Like these are guys who. I mean, Andre hasn't had to make a song in ten years because he's been doing features. He gets put in the goat conversation because the last ten in the last ten years of his rap career has been features. So. For a lot of people, that means something. And I get it. And I think in this environment, and one thing that I'm learning, like just doing all this like email marketing and like all this stuff, like one thing that kind of messed up my career was like doing the like the rapper, like the rapper haze. Hey, this is coming soon. Hey, uh, we might, you know, this y'all not ready for this one. No, tell the people what you're doing. And then tell them what you t- and then tell them what you just did, and that's what he did. I'm not doing any more features. I'm not mad at it. I'm mad at it. Okay. I'm feeling some kind of way today. Apparently. <laughs> what else is on the What else is on the docket? What's on the menu? You want to talk about your man Sky Zoo? Yeah, let's talk Sky Zoo. You're like, I'm afraid to now. <laughs> I am afraid to now. <laughs> no, I know where you are with Sky Zoo, and I think I don't think that's gonna change. Oh man. No, you know, I'm just mad because I gave Sky Zoo my beat CD in 2006. He didn't take any of my terrible beats. So, you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um Oh man. Yeah, he has been around a while. Bruh, two thousand first time I heard Sky Zoo was two thousand and five. The city's favorite. No, 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 no. no, no. Before that. that was, no, no, no. 2000 and, 2004 or three was the city's well, favorite because 2005 was Cloud Nine. Cloud that was the Ninth Wonder record. Yep. That was, oh, wait. Well, that was officially released 2006, it sang, but that's got to be before then, right? It's got to be like over, like what, when 2006? Uh, like early? September? That doesn't feel right. Really? No. That, I, I feel like that leaked before then. I mean, of course it is. 2006, <laughs> everything leaked before then. Um, yeah, out for a long. Skies had a very, very long career. Yep, very long career. Yeah, and so, uh, but he is—he uh, has carved a real niche for himself. Absolutely. Um, and so now he's back with uh, with with the legendary Pete Rock. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 idea. So is the idea for this album that like these are all old Pete Rock beats? Is that the idea? Or are they um, in the spirit of the old Pete Rock beats? So a record like It's All Good, I heard Sky Zoo say that Pete told him this was a beat that he made for Nas, I think, after Illmatic. Oh, that's interesting. We'll say like 95. So I don't know if all the beats are like that. I don't think so. But I think that set the tone. Sure. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, it makes sense that that's the record that you put out first. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and also, it's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah, that's yes, that's true. Um, so, I mean, I have track by track notes. If you want to do that, uh, go ahead and get your notes off. I don't. I can also just talk about like what I think works and what doesn't work. Okay, let's do that. Um, so you call out "It's All Good." Yeah, um, great, great record, great yeah. record. Gr- like it is a. It's a really good example of like when you get an album in the 90s and there's like a dope album cut. Mm-hmm. That is It's All Good. Mm-hmm. I would actually in general describe this album as like an album full of album cuts. 
<laughs> and it's all good is just yeah. like the best album cut. Some well, uh, I don't even know if that's I mean, my there's favorite. A, there's a, there's, there's, there's a, another there's one that I like more. Okay. Um, but like, it's interesting that this is meant to be clearly like paying homage to the the mid '90s, right? Of course. The irony is, is like a, a, a label in the mid '90s would have never put this out because it's missing the single. <laughs> That's such a dot critique. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Like it's an album full of album cuts. He's even got the posse cut. Right. He's mm-hmm. got the song mm-hmm. with the R&B singer on the hook. He's got the Styles P guest. Okay. So you're, you're thinking about how you put this together that the label would hear this and they'd be like, where's your radio single? I'm not, I'm not suggesting that he get, but like, it's not even just a radio single. It could be like the, and you know, like what is the, where's the one upper echelon Pete Rock beat? Like, that's what they would have asked for. You know what I mean? They'd be like, give me the, like, get, we got to have something. Cause like it's all good is it's 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 pretty good, but it's not like oh my god you've got to hear this you know what I mean. Mm. Um, one song I wanted to call out is one time with uh with Raheem Devon. Um, I really let me tell you why I really like I got the hook's a little messy because it's just a lot going on. The one thing I think that's an older beat as well. If not, then Pete remember he finally remembered something that like I think people forget all the time. Like anytime you have rappers doing like '90s throwbacks. The bit, like when you hear it one time, they're filtering the sample on on the verse, mm-hmm. which is like that's the real like stereotypical '90s sound to me. It's like mm-hmm. here's the deal: we found the one sample chop we like, and we don't know how to. I mean, this is this is my move because I stole it from the '90s, right? It's like, and I don't <laughs> know what to do to separate out the verse from the hook. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna filter. And remove all but the baseline, maybe a little bit, so you get a little glimpse of it during the verse. And on the hook, mm-hmm. we're turning it up again. Mm-hmm. And when I heard one time, I was like, "That's real '90s right there." Mm. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. I thought that song is a is a really good tempo for Sky Zoo as well. I hate that hook. Yeah, the hook is a problem. Yeah, I hate that hook. It's not. It's not a good hook. But I like that's my. That might be my favorite. Oh that, wow! Okay. Uh, favorite beat, either that or maybe the audacity of dope. <sighs> That beat is crazy. Audacity of Dope? Oh, my God. That yeah. That beat is crazy. Please help me. It drove me crazy today when I listened to this one last time, too, because I listened to it before. Um, what is the sample from that song? Because I know it, and I can't place it, and I'm, I'm going nuts. Uh, somebody told me it's a Kendrick record. Kendrick. Somebody told me it's uh, uh, Sing About Me. Is that what that is? I don't know. I was I was listening to it and I was like, I know I was like I was like, oh I've heard this. And I was like, wait, have I used this? Who's used? I was like trying to figure that out. I was like, oh no. Um, let's let's find out. I couldn't find it. Who oh, sample oh. doesn't have anything? I wonder uh, why. What do you mean? <laughs> I just know just like I, I wonder why. Oh you think they don't well, have anything? Oh they I mean obviously they didn't clear anything. Hold on, they got Okay. No, they don't. They only have a They've got It's All Good, Homegrown, Carry the Tradition, Penny Jerseys. I don't need those like those long red drums ever again. <laughs> what do you mean? Those clap your hands. I know what you mean. Drums. Listen, I just that's don't all need those. I, it is. It is. I just don't need to hear it ever again. <laughs> I don't like. That's like that's up there with like Nautilus. But the only thing is, I'm not tired of Nautilus flips. I hope nobody else is because that's the intro to Clock Radio Speakers. <laughs> <laughs> People know that's a Nautilus flip, right? I'm guessing. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Oh, okay. So that's the sample. I might have to let's see if this. I'm, I'm gonna save this for later. The sample from it's all good. But um, what else really works on here? Well, look, I'm not. I'm not afraid to jack, uh, jack samples. Um, 
One other thing that really was a nice throwback, and I know we had talked about this song at least briefly, maybe on the show, but the Eastern Conference All Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really want to give Elza a shout out for talking about quasars because having those pseudo scientific lines that is an absolute must on any on any nineties posse cut. So I really appreciate yeah. I really appreciate the authenticity. Uh, a little birdie told me yeah. that Sky Skyzo and Elzai are just booking shows without a promoter. Oh, they're just they're just finding venues where they've worked at before. I'm assuming that have worked for them, and they're just booking them because they're they're they'll be in Columbus uh, a week before my birthday. I mean, you're they're, obviously going to go to that, right? Uh, yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, where is he playing? So he's playing. Oh, he's coming to Boston on a Tuesday. I hate when people do that. I mean, I probably wouldn't go see him anyway. Oh, he's, he's, so he's, he's doing like college towns. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, I, I will be, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I will be at the, uh, Benny the Butcher and, and Conway show, which is now added Mickey Fax. <laughs> Mickey Fax. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. yes, 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 yes. So I won't, I won't divulge. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I'll be in the building. That's October fourth, I want to say. Mm. It's a Friday. Uh, now I've heard that like this club is a club. It's not like a, it's not like a, a a spot with like a stage. It's like they don't know where these guys are gonna rap at because it's a club club. Your man, uh, so, your man Freddie Gibbs is going on tour with Benny and Conway. I did see that. I Although did see that. I don't know if they're. It looks like they're alternating. I don't know if those two are. Ironically, I don't know if those two are actually performing at the same venue. What do you mean? Like he's got like a bunch of like openers, but they're kind of rotating. Oh, they're all going to be in Chicago together. Of course. But like somehow when he goes to New York, he's not bringing Benny or Conway. He's bringing Cousin Stiz. I don't know who that is. I've heard that name before. Isn't he uh, Isn't he pro era? I think he's with Joey Badass. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, Maybe wrong on that. I may be wrong. Yeah. So yeah, Houston Conference All Stars is dope. Yeah. Um I uh I like Richie. I think Richie's fire too. Uh, um, uh Rich, I like the scratching at the end. I think the beat's fine. The drums do it for me. Those drums are crazy. Mm, mm. Uh Ten Days is dope. Um Audacity Dope is cool. I'm not crazy about um Homegrown is dope. Um not crazy about the Styles P record. It's fine. Uh, Glorious is dope. Truck like, Jewels I is like cool. Glorious. Truck Jewels is fine. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So it's, you know, he was the artist that I was talking about earlier when, when it comes to Tyler. Like Sky clearly has found a niche. This is what I'm going to yes, do. This is what sure. I feel most comfortable doing. And he sits in that niche. I was actually talking to somebody earlier. Somebody hit me on Twitter and I'm I'm assuming that he listens to the show just just by the way he engages me, I feel like he listens to the show. You can kind of tell, like, okay, who's a like a rap fan and who's like a clock radio speakers fan. Like, believe it or not, like my dealings with the the Instagram account that tried to tell me that Dragon Opposite H Two was a good album, <laughs> it just makes me appreciate the clock radio speakers ecosystem. Because very rarely, if ever, especially within the last maybe two years, do I get like shenanigans in my mentions when it comes to music. Usually, the people that engage us are like pretty smart. So I really, really appreciate our audience. Our audience is really, really smart. Even when I disagree, like I see how you got there. It's, it's I'm not like offended by your take like I was this weekend. But, you know, like niche, niche marketing, niche marketing right now is it's most popular. And that bodes true for artists as well. Like if you're not, 
if you don't have this super duper budget, if you're not Drake or Taylor Swift or Kanye or Chance or any of these guys, and you just find your market, if you're a rapidly rap dude who does college towns and you sell, you know, 3,000 albums or, you know, 10,000 albums or whatever, and, you know, you press up vinyl and merch and you travel and you put out one release a year, two releases a year, and that's how you make your money and feed your family and live a comfortable life because you can do that. Hmm. Rock out. So Sky is just kind of ahead of the curve. Like Sky now just already has his fan base. Like I think, I don't know if he's necessarily going to win too many newer people over, but with hip hop getting older and more pronounced than it's getting older, like different people just want different stuff. And when it comes to like attention spans, like everybody doesn't have time to follow everybody's stuff. So it's like, okay, who do I like? Okay, cool. Like I'm going to stick with these guys. Um, and I think that works. I mean, God, Griselda is like best case scenario niche marketing right now. Right. So I don't know. You see, they did their, um, they announced their, uh, their Shady Records album comes out in October, I think. That's interesting. They said they did it in three days. So that's, that lets me know all I need to know about that deal. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, Jay-Z. that's actually encouraging. How, what do you mean? <clears throat> that probably means... That aside from whatever song or two the label pushed on them, they're just gonna rap over Derringer beats they've got in the stash. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some people. Um, I saw some. I think. I think Westside Gun tweeted out some people. I don't know if. I mean, I think Derringer has to be on there. I would assume so, and probably Alchemist. That's it. That's it. But that's a Shady Records thing. So like, you know, they gotta they gotta clear those samples. Well, and then add all the they they got to clear those samples. Eh, they could. I mean, what's the point of Griselda if they don't clear the samples? I mean, if they don't have samples, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like the um. Do you did you hear that Just Blaze record that just did for them when they signed the Shady? I think so. Yeah. So it's like it's like it was loud, but it was well, also like yeah. real like. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like just. <laughs> What would you say that means? It was, I mean, it was um, ominous. Okay. With really loud drums, I would say. Well, he's distracting from the fact that it's a replayed sample probably, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's just Blaze doing his best impression of a Derringer beat or an uh. Alchemist beat. So, you know, like, yeah. You know, some. I mean, because it's different. Like somebody like an Alchemist who just put out Yacht Rock 2, like he's not clearing those samples. No. You know, but... You know, if that's on Shady Records, if that's on Interscope, then, you know, to me, that's 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 different, right? Um, I mean, depends what they're trying to do with it, if they're really trying to push it. I mean, I don't know. People put a lot of stuff out these days, man. Absolutely. And so that 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 bodes the question, like what that says to me is Jay-Z was like, yo, get off the deal. Get out the deal. Do whatever y'all need to do get out the deal so they they give them uh like a, a bs album could have been a bunch of stuff that was laying around they just never finished and they maybe replayed some stuff or whatever um and i think conway is signed there as a solo artist with a i'm assuming from what i hear it's a one album deal so whenever conway puts out his his album which i think is supposed to come uh after west side thinks putting out another album before the end of the year so i'm assuming conway's will come out in 2020 then they're going to go to uh, Rock Nation, whatever that means. 
because Rock Nation is management. So I don't know what that means as far as a label situation for them. But very, very telling, very, very interesting. And then also with just, you know, Griselda, they didn't, uh, Slaughterhouse died so Griselda could live. <laughs> trying to imagine Griselda records with replayed samples. Oh, my God. Listen to that. Uh, everything they've put out under Griselda has been replay samples. The day they signed to Griselda, they had to take Fly God off of streaming services. Mm, that's Okay, so that, that really does not bode well. Exactly. Oh, boy. Well, so is this Sky Zoo project like at the top of your list for the year? No, not at the top. Is it not on the, the list? Top. Yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to fill stuff up. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to fill things up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard a uh, friend of the show, Wes Pendleton, put out a, uh, a beat CD last week? I have not. Is it good? Call me, tell, call, tell me about yourself. Very, very much um, sit at your desk and get things done on a Thursday. Mm, okay. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Yep. Yep. So shout out to Wes. I got to call him. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything else? We yeah, I was going to say, anything else you want to say about Sky Zoo? Nah, shout out to Sky. Shout out to Sky. All right. Anything else you want to talk about this week? <clears throat> uh, nah, I think we're good. Any, uh, you got anything you need to plug? Uh, if you are signed up for the mailing list, um, I think I'm going to put a snooze button record out just for the mailing list. So that goes out today. <laughs> it, I'm assuming that this will come out on Wednesday. That's correct. Uh, noon Eastern. Um, sign up at ArmandWakeUp.com. I think I'm just going to put out a, a, a Lucy for uh, from Snooze Button 5 just for the mailing list, just for the newsletter. Um, and then I have an interview coming with the Army of Dreamers podcast tomorrow that was really, really, really good. Um, shout out to Shonda. She asked some really, really good questions um, and produced some really good dialogue. So that'll be out tomorrow. I'll post it on Instagram because I think that's where, I think Instagram is, my Instagram is where that. But yeah, I think those are the two major things. Okay. Well, I think that's it. So thank you, everybody, uh, as always, for listening to Clock Radio Speakers. Hit us up at CRS Podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, I mean, if we actually get this Kanye album on Friday, then I'm guessing we'll definitely be back. If not, we'll see what else comes out. But if, uh, if we're not back next week, we'll be out. We'll be back uh, pretty soon after. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it.